Well, we'll return back to the book of Hebrews again, uh, our Sunday morning uh, study. Started out in chapter 4, and then went back to chapter 1, and just haven't stopped again uh, this time. So there's, uh, of course, you don't you realize that I do love the book of Hebrews, as the rest of the scriptures too. But this morning, I, there's a few things that I found a blessing in, and, and uh, in chapter 2. In chapter 2, you recall, uh, and we'll be looking at verses 13, probably through 18 this morning, if we get that far. But you remember this started out, you know, uh, in the, like in the second verse, that telling us that, that every sin, every transgression, every act of disobedience, has to be paid for. It's going to receive the condemnation that it deserves. And so they all had to be paid for. And then we uh, discussed where for the Lord's sheep and the sheep of the God the Father, Jesus Christ is going to pay for every one of them. So think of the suffering uh, that he had. And, and I'm not going to go through all that. We, we see in verse 9 there, and, and uh, that Jesus was made a little lower than the angels. Well, what does that mean? Well, lower in a sense that, that uh, he had to suffer and taste death. And then the, the created angels uh, certainly do not. So verse 10 talks about he's the captain of our salvation. And, and uh, verse 11 talked about the oneness. He that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, which calls, he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So to think on that, that we have the same heavenly father as Jesus Christ. He is our elder brother in that respect. A joint inheritance. Uh, and then last week, verse 12, I will declare thy name. This is Jesus Christ saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And we talked about that uh, last week. And Brother Chuck, you and I have been talking. People talk about, well, we ought to be Christ-like. We ought to be Christ-like. Well, what, what does that mean? Christ walked on the water. So should we be practicing that? I can water, well, I used to, used to I can water ski. I don't know if I can water ski now anymore or not. Probably not very far. But we walk on the water. Now we, we realize spiritually, and I, it's been many years since we talked about that. I need to study that again. But spiritually, yeah, we may, we can walk on the troubled waters. But physically, to be Christ-like, the world says we'll be like, well, okay, we walk on water. Do we... Uh, uh, have the power to, uh, if somebody's lame, to make them walk. Spiritually, by God's grace, yeah. Physically, and that's what they're looking at. They want to be like Christ. Of course, all they're talking about is just morals. It's really, I think, I'm not sure if they even know what they're saying when they say you've got to be Christ-like. I'm not sure if they really know. But... Uh, as Chuck and I was talking uh, somewhat the last few weeks, what's consistent about Christ? And, and there may be a lot of things, but he always gave all the honor and glory to the Father, didn't he? He always gave, he never took any honor and glory. He always gave it all. Uh, 
in, in verse 12, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. So he always talked about, always gave honor and glory to the Father. So then, to be Christ-like, and this wasn't in my lesson, but to be Christ-like would it be give honor and glory to the Father. And of course, it says if you give honor and glory to the Father, you give it to the Son. If you give it to the Son, you give it to the Father. But if I would stand up here this morning, as many do across this country, and say, listen, I want you to be Christ-like. If you want to get to heaven, you've got to turn over a new leaf. And you've got to live by these laws of Moses and the laws of the land. And maybe even by example, I may lead in a, a uh, moral life that some may look up to and some may not. But, but I would stand up here and, and, and uh, maybe boast of, of some of my morals or, or something and then tell you the same thing. You've got to make yourself right with God. You've got to live Christ-like. And then I tell you now, if you want to get to heaven, that's what you've got to do. I saw something recently you know, on Facebook, choose life or choose death or something. You know. So it's up to you to choose. You choose, and by doing this work and not doing this, that's how you get to heaven. Have I, am I Christ-like? Well, maybe, maybe I may have something that looks like, well, you know, he's a pretty good person. He's got, a, he's got a decent morals. But yet I've, I've told you I haven't glorified the Father. I said the way is what you do. Your choices, your decisions, your works, your morals, that's not Christ-like. Christ always glorified the Father. I wouldn't be glorifying the Father at all if I did that. But let me just start out. Again, none of this is on my text. But let me just tell you this. The Father chose his elect in Christ before the foundation of the world. And that's how you get the glory. That's how you're saved from the lake of fire. Now, that statement is being Christ-like. So, Chuck, I think I got that out of my system. We'll start, to, <laughs> we'll start with our lesson then, maybe. Uh, so as we, and let's start reading verse 13 down through verse 18 of, of, uh, of chapter 2. And again, I will put my trust in him. That's the Lord's words. And again, behold, and I, uh, or behold, I am the children whom God hath given me. That's Christ. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death uh, were all their lifetime subject uh, to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooveth him to be made like his brethren, 
that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to help them that are tempted. So we, we probably won't get all the way through this, but this tells of our, our, our Lord, tells who he was, uh, what he became, certainly what he declared, what he did, and, and why he did it. And, of course, why did he do it? Well, it's out of love. <coughs> so now let's, let's look in a few things. Verse 13, uh, the first part of verse 13. And again, I will put my trust in him. Now this is Jesus Christ. What's he doing? He's glorifying the Father in verse 12, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. So he was declaring the Father in verse 12, verse 13, same thing. I will put my trust in him. That's Christ. Christ is saying, I put my trust in him. So to be Christ-like, trust in the Father. If I stand up here and tell you that it's up to you, any of it, I'm not Christ-like. I'm not being Christ-like may have good morals, may be a nice person, may do a lot of volunteer work or something, but I'm not Christ-like. Uh, so our trust should be in the Lord. And then uh, verse 13 again says, uh, after it says, I'll put my trust in him, and again, behold, I and the children whom God hath given me. And I know that you folks here this morning, are, are you understand this and, and you're familiar with this. But maybe some listening by way of recorded message are uh, uh, not. But I want to bring this out and not just pass over it. He says, I and the children whom God hath given me. So Jesus Christ is saying that God has given him some children. Again, that goes against most religion. When they say, no, it's up to you to choose. I mean, that's, that's all we hear. It's up to you to choose. But this says... I and the children whom God hath given me. And I think I'll go to John 17. Uh, maybe read a couple of scriptures in John on this. People just cannot, for the most part, believe that it's not our choices and our decision because, again, that, that's all that you hear. Uh, I went to John 1. I want to go to John 17. And starting in verse 1, we're looking at the Father giving some to the Son. Not their choices, but the Father giving some to the Son. Verse 1, these words spoke Jesus and lift up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. 
Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. How did he get to be the sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ? The Father gave him to him. It's just that simple. See, if I say, and see that, and this is Christ-like. This is actually, this is what we call the Lord's Prayer. Not the example prayer, but the Lord's Prayer. He's praying to the Father, and he's glorifying the Father. And he said, I'll give eternal life to as many as thou hast given me. Or it says him here, depending on which tense you're reading this in. But uh, this is Christ-like. He said, I'm going to give eternal life to as many as thou hast given me. Well, why would he do that? Because the Father gave him power. So what's he doing? What's Christ-like? He's giving all the glory to the Father again. He says, you've given me the power to do it. You've given me the sheep, and I'll give eternal life because you gave me the power, and you gave me the sheep. That's Christ-like. But if we say, well, no, God didn't give us. It's, it's our choice and our decision. That's not Christ-like. And when he says, thou hast given him power, if we say, well, no, it's, it's our power, it's our choice, it's our works, again, that's not Christ-like. So, Chuck, when they say be Christ-like, you and I both know they really don't have a clue. They are they're blinded to it. Now, the Lord may use you and I uh, to open their eyes. Uh, verse 6 in this same uh, John uh, 17. I have manifested thy name to the men whom thou gavest me. Out of the world. Mine they were, and thou gavest them to me, and they have kept thy word. So he gives them, uh, he manifests the Father to them, gives them the word, and, and they keep it. But again, men whom thou gavest me. Now they have known that all things, whatever thou hast given me, are of thee. Well, how, how, did they, how did they, how do we know that all things of the Son was given to him and the Father? Because that's what the Son did. He glorified the Father. And that's to be Christ-like. Uh, eight, for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. Again, glorifying the Father. And they have received them. And have known surely that I came out from thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. Why did they believe that? Because the Son glorified the Father and told them that. And in verse 9, I pray for them. Which ones? The ones that the Father gave him. I pray for them. And boy, here is, is one that the world... You don't hear it read very much, do you? I pray for them. I pray not for the world. But for them whom thou givest me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. So, he says, I pray for them, the ones that thou hast given me. The world doesn't like that. Well, it's not fair. I look at it and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you 
that thank the Father that he gave me to the Son, thankful that he's praying for me, thankful that he uh, brought me out of the world. I, I'm not going, well, by God's grace, I'm not going to come in judgment and condemnation to the Lord and say, no, that's not fair that you gave some and not all. I, by God's grace, I'm not going to do that. Now, without God's grace, that's exactly what I'll do. Because that's what man's wisdom teaches, right? But by God's grace, he'll cause me to continue to follow him and realize, and, and then just be grateful. Not judgeful. Not, you know, who are we to judge God? But that we would be grateful. Verse 11, And now I am no more in the world, but these. Now, you know the these, the ones the Father gave him. But these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Remember in Hebrew we're talking about one. Those that are sanctified and those that sanctify, they're all one. And then verse 24, this ties us into the scripture too. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory uh, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. And uh, we might read verse 20 also. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also who shall believe on me through their word. That's us. That's you and I. And he prayed that we'll be with him. Will that prayer be answered? <laughs> that prayer will be answered. Well, what if you don't do enough? What if I don't do enough? It's, it's, not, it's not you and I. The Father gave some to the Son. He gave the Son the power to give him eternal life. He, the Son prayed for him, and they'll be with him where he is. It's just, it's cut and dry. That's the way it is. And again, the world doesn't like it. They say it's not fair. They'll say it's not fair, or they'll say, well, you can just go out, you're saying you can just go out and do whatever you want to do. Rather than look at the scriptures and see what it's saying that gives honor and glory to the Lord, they want to try to turn around and, and make something out of it. But thank God. And, and I, I think while we're here this close, let's go to John chapter 10, the gospel of John chapter 10. And again, this gives honor and glory to the Lord, not the man. And, and I love his scripture. It's, uh, it, there, there's no room for honor and glory for man. John 10, 27. My sheep, and I always ask a question, don't I? How did they get to be his sheep? I know what the world would tell me. But this says in verse 29, my father who gave them to me. So there's no doubt. When he says, my sheep, hear my voice, we know how they got to be his sheep. They didn't choose. They didn't make a decision. In fact, the Lord told him, you didn't choose me, but I've chosen you. But this says, my sheep, hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. He does not offer. He gives. You say, well, and I told you a story many times about 
people looking at it's an offer you accept and you reject. When he says, I give them eternal life, if it was an offer, well, some would reject. And then they would perish. But this says, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Pretty plain. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck him out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. I'm not worried about Satan. You say, boy, that's, that's boastful. Well, it is boastful, but it's not I'm not worried about Satan because of me and my strength. The battle, if, if, if the battle between Satan and myself, there'd be no battle, it'd be, that'd be it. But the battle's already been won. God the Father gave the sheep to the Son, he gave him the power, and the Son gave eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck him out of my hand. My Father who gave me is greater than all, no man is able to pluck him out of my Father's hand. Let me quote Austin again. I am as sure as being in heaven whenever I die as if I was already there. And again, people, well, you don't know what you're going to do tomorrow. Boy, that, that's true. <laughs> that's true. If I could mess it up, I would. But it's not based on that. He gave me eternal life, and I cannot, I cannot be plucked from that. When it says, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. You all know the answer to this, but when did he give it to them? Just, just to be clear, and I'm, I want to read it rather than just quote it. You can all quote it and everything, but Ephesians chapter 1. He says, I, I, I give them eternal life. Now, I want to ask you when. I don't want there to be any doubt. Those may be listening, listening by recorded message. I don't want there to be any doubt. I don't want them to say, well, whenever they chose the Lord, whenever they turned over a new leaf, that's when he gave me eternal life. We'll see, that's not true at all. Ephesians 1, and I'll read verse 3, but I want to look at verse 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he, has chosen us in him. And let me just say who these parties are. According as God has chosen us, his elect, in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy without blame before him in love. Now the ones that the Father chose in Christ gave to Christ before the foundation of the world for the purpose that they would be holy without blame, how do you think they'll be presented? Holy without blame. On the basis of what they did? No, no. On the basis of what Christ did. On the basis of God's plan of salvation. And Chuck, this is Christ-like. To believe and declare this, this is Christ-like. But if I want to throw man in it, then this is certainly not. So back in our text in Hebrew 2 and 13. And again, 
I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children whom God hath given me. So here's Christ giving honor and glory to the Father. And again, that's what it is to be Christ-like. I don't think I'm going to have time. Uh, I'll read verse 14, and then I don't think we're really going to have time to get into it. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. And through death he might destroy him that hath power of death, that is, the devil. So if it be the Lord's will, we'll talk about that uh, next week. And again, as we look at this, and if the Lord leads us, all honor and glory will go to the Lord, and none of it will be to us. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.